Five Patriots Beat right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit with Alex Barth from 985 Sports Hub. Back after another Patriots defeat, uh, dropping 2017 to the actively tanking, question mark, Washington Commanders, who traded their best two uh, pass rushers away on Tuesday's deadline, and they come in here and they beat the Patriots 2017. Patriots now 2-7 and seven on the year. And Alex, it was just kind of another game of what we've seen all year, right? Like an early 10-point deficit, which they actually climb out of, but struggling to consistently move the football. Just three, they had three drives with more than five plays, which just isn't how you win in this game or in this league. Mac Jones up and down. I hate to blame the defense, but wasn't a great defensive performance that we can get into, but it was just another one of these not pretty games in all three stages from the Patriots uh, this this year against a, a pretty bad commander's team that is out there trying to get worse, trading their best players away. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was all around bad. Now, I, I don't know that the commanders are tanking, but I think this kind of gets to the point of they were three and five, and they said, you know what? These two guys, they're not a part of our long-term plan. We, we got to three and five with them. Clearly they're not helping us win games. Let's move them and, and, and look for help in the future. I think that's the bigger takeaway here. Not that the Patriots lost to a tanking team. It's that even if the plan was to still win, clearly these guys that we talked about on the expiring deals, Josh Uche, Kyle Duggar, Mike Onwenu, these are not players that were helping the Patriots win football games. Even if the goal is to win, these are not players who are helping with that. So if the plan is not to bring them back, why uh, there was no excuse not to move them. And again, I, we talked about this last week immediately after the deadline, but I think this is just hammered home. If they don't end up re-signing, let's call it at least two or three. If one guy, you know, it's the NFL guys get away. It happens. But if, if, if all three of those guys are gone, massive failure, they're going to be in the same spot. Washington's in, they're going to be in the same spot. Washington's in, Except Washington will have more picks. And that's a team that might be trading up to get a quarterback, by the way, that now has this, those negotiating chips, a second and third round pick that the Patriots don't. So, no, the issue isn't to me that the Patriots lost to a tanking team. The issue is clearly the goal is still to win football games. Agree or disagree, that is the goal. This is not a team in the Patriots that is actively trying to lose, whether it's because Belichick's chasing, chasing Schuler or that's just how he's wired or it's some of both. They're not trying to lose games. They still could have traded players in one. Washington Commanders case in point. Yep. Two opposite directions at the trade deadline. But I don't know. You're, you're not sold on Sam Howell as the Commanders quarterback of the future? After no. The that was a weird take yesterday. That, like Sam Howell's this suddenly. Ron Rivera, like, Ron Sam Rivera Howell's really good. Draft, draft fourth round quarterbacks. And they'll be like, he played well against bad defense. He That's hardly the guy he's been on. That's probably his best game of the year. I think that will end up being his best game of the year. He was fine. I don't want to say he was bad, but I don't think you look at that. I, I don't think you can look at his full body of work, not just that game. You have to look at his full body of work. If he's that every week, great. He hasn't been. You can't look at his full body of work and tell me if you have a chance at Michael Penix or you have a chance at uh, Quinn Ewers or you have a chance at J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Daniels that you're just going to say, nope, nope, we're riding with Sam Howell. Now, maybe you draft one of those guys in the second or third round to compete with Hal. But, no, I'm not convinced Sam Howell is some kind of answer. I know I know that, that 
Rivera said, I think Rivera's just trying to stick it to ownership. I don't think he's happy Probably. with the way the deadline happened. I think he sees the writing on the wall that they are starting to drive him out. And I think he's mm-hmm. saying, look, I can still win games. Sam Howell, my guy, he can win games. If ownership wants to move on, they can move on. But look at what we just did. I think that's the whole point. And he made it emphatically. I forget if I was working out, uh, walking out, was I with you or with with Mike Cadillac or whoever we walked by? Uh, 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 Rivera. Yeah, I was with you. Rivera. Yeah, I walked by Ron Rivera. Like, He's got to feel really good right now after yeah. the week he just had. So, look, credit, credit to the commanders. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk a lot in the next 40 minutes about everything the Patriots did wrong credit mm. to the commanders. They played a good game and, and I don't want to take that away from them, but uh, this was a, a, another rough game for the Patriots. Yep. Maybe even beating his uh, replacement coach over there at Washington, but uh, <clears throat> we'll get to how a little more later, but we can start with the Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones. Um, look, he, he wasn't helped, right? Like he had a few nice throws. Rager had the bad drop. The two of his best throws, two of his three best throws were dropped. Yeah. Um, Next Gen had the stats that like he threw into the highest percent of tight windows in his career. The wide receivers were not good. And we, and we can get to the wide receivers too, but it, it was more just of this up and down for Mac. Like he had the good throws that the guys didn't make, but there were just plenty of bad throws too. You talk the first drive on that fourth down, he misses a wide open Taekwon Thornton and it's, you know, plenty of time. He, he said, I had, protection i had my feet i just missed the throw and this is a guy who's known for accuracy and, and he had you know we see that back foot stuff on that wheel route later in the game to Ramondre. he almost had it should have had another pick to emmanuel forbes who he said that was their goal to throw out emmanuel forbes who's had a rough rookie year and i think they completed like two or seven passes against them so just another one of these like there, there's too much bad from mac to you know you Barely string together 17 points again, and one of those, one of those is off a turnover, and one of those scoring drives is like you hit two big explosive plays finally. So just not enough consistency and too many bad bad plays from Mac again in this one. Yeah, he, he was better, but he wasn't good enough. Plain and simple, it, it didn't help. I, I thought the throw to Juju, the throw to Rager were two of his three best throws in the game. The throw to Hunter Henry for the touchdown was an absolute dot. That was, but that was a very good throw. Yeah. Every other throw he made and. I thought the offensive line was going to be a disaster given who they were facing and not having uh, not Trent having Brown. Trent Brown. I actually thought there was one, they got lucky on the, the, the strip sack that was called roughing Rushing. the pass for some reason. Besides that, I thought the offensive line played well. I thought more so than really any game except for the Buffalo game. This one, Mac Jones had time. He had clean pockets. He had room to operate. Yet he's still not stepping up. He's still not stepping into throws. There's a lot of jump passes. There's a lot of passes off the back foot. And it, it results in balls that are short and or inaccurate. The, the wheel route to Ramondre Stevenson, that's a touchdown. If Mac puts it over the top, instead he puts it short, the pass is broken up. Uh, that, that's the big one that stands out in my mind. But you go back and look, he's throwing off the back foot a lot. The mechanics are just messed up. He's not doing it every week, but it's consistency. This is what we talked about after the Bills game. If he could play that way every week, great. We, we have, there's, they have an offense. They have a football team. He can't do it consistently, and it's not in this game like he faced that much. Like, he didn't throw a pick early. He wasn't really getting hit early. Last week against Miami, he was good until he threw the pick, and then it all fell apart, and you looked at it, and you said, all right, he got rattled. He needs to have a better short memory. He actually, after the offense as a whole, had a rough start, came back and threw that touchdown pass. So I'm like, okay, here we go, until the the mechanics fell apart again. So I don't know if 
something happened on the sideline. I know he sort of blew up it. I don't know if it was Tyquan or himself or whatever on that that third down, third down early yeah. in the second quarter where Tyquan got benched after that play. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what it was, but he clearly got rattled and the mechanics completely <laughs> fell away. And when that happens, that's it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about last week. You can usually tell within the first drive or two what version of Mac you're going to get, right? And I, I mean, it started decent, and then he missed Taekwon, but then he, he had protection, as you said. Like, he was only under pressure, I think it was just over 20% of the time, which was like that Bills game that he played really well. But it just wasn't there with, with the mechanics and the consistency. The, the Ramondre one you mentioned was the big one to me, like, it's a touchdown. Just lob that out there. Again, he's an accuracy guy. These are the throws he, he you expect him to hit. Coming out of Alabama, just throw that deep touch touch pass downfield. And but he's on his back foot, fading away. It's underthrown and it, it's incomplete. So just just too up and down uh and not consistent enough. Again, only scoring 17 points, extending three drives past five plays, just not good enough to cut it. And, the receivers weren't good either. Like they didn't help him. <clears throat> you mentioned Taekwon got benched. He said it was injury related. Bill said this morning he was available in the second half. Uh, so he got benched. He had that really bad route on third down that was going around Twitter a lot where it looks like he was running a basketball foot fire drill uh, before he breaks out there to the sideline. And then he had the drop on the next third down, which Mac was yelling at him. Rager had, had the big drop downfield. He caught one of six targets, uh, Juju, his best statistical game, and then he has the ball clank off his hands on that last drive there. Pop was pretty good, again, as the receivers, but none of that group helped Mac. And that was a, a game where you're missing Devontae Parker, you're missing Kendrick Bourne. It's like, let's see if one of these young guys can take that next step and help this offense, but there just wasn't any of that uh, from that group on Sunday. Nope, nope. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads. You get your player props, you get over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Let me tell you that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can't trade in business. You got to just go out and, and, and sign free agents and find people. And LinkedIn Jobs will help you do that. They'll make it easy as well. 
add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Adding the right team member can make a big difference. You can have that kind of addition as well. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat, B-E-A-T. To post your jobs for free, terms and conditions apply. And, and we talked about who was going to kind of step up and claim that third spot. Kayshawn Bowie didn't have a chance. And and by the way, that's an, I don't know what's going on there. And, and my theory, Bill said he had the best week of practice. Bill did not say he had a good week of practice. And that might be the thing His best isn't good enough. What I would say is even if that's the case, it's not good enough to get a look with this group. They can't it's play. Gotta be, it's got to be better than Jalen Rager or Juju or something, right? Like you have well, nothing they, to lose. They don't feel comfortable playing. Tyquan couldn't get past four snaps or 12 snaps. They targeted him four times on those 12 snaps. Mac wanted to get him the ball. It wasn't there. So Kayshawn Booty, I think, is a guy you have to give a look. I don't care if he doesn't look great in practice. You're two and seven at this point. See what he looks like. So that was bizarre. Yeah, I, I, they needed somebody to emerge from the wide receiver group. It was this chance for, for all these guys. And Taekwondo's the one that kills me. He's a second-round pick. Matt gave him every opportunity. The early fourth down, I don't think that's a great throw from Mac, But at the same time, he threw it at the right time. And Taekwondo's fast enough to, that he should catch up to that ball. He, he didn't come out of his break at full speed. So... I, I bad all around, but I just the, the route that, that's going around on Twitter right now on that final play on that final third down where, where Taekwondo gets to the top of the route, basically stomps his feet six times, totally decelerates, and then soft breaks out into outside leverage. Can't have it. Can't, so for a guy that I think had – that was his opportunity to be like, I am a second-round pick. I am the guy who's supposed to be elevating this offense. Here's I'm healthy now. Here's my chance to prove it. Did He, he didn't grab it. He didn't grab that opportunity, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it was Phil Perry was saying like, that's something we even saw in training camp at OTAs. Like Bill Belichick was literally in the wide receiver group, like running those, those fake routes. And there was a, a drill that he was at the top saying like, you can't foot fire like that. You can't stop your feet. And to see Taekwondo still doing that in year two and week nine here, it, it's disappointing. But yeah, like you got to give booty a, a chance. And I saw a lot of people online being like, oh, he, he must just not be good and he must not be playing well in practice. It's obviously what it is, but none of the guys you're putting on the field right now are good in performing. So, like, what what is there to lose? Why not just put him out there and, and see at this point? I would also ask, why is he here? They've yeah, needed roster spots. We, we've hit points recently where they've needed right, the whole Malik Cunningham saga, the Vegas game. They've needed roster spots. This guy's taking up a roster spot. He can't get on the field. Now, I'm sure the answer would be he's a developmental player. He's not ready to play right now, but we like his ceiling. We don't want to risk having him on the practice squad and somebody else signing him. We're essentially redshirting him on the active roster, which, okay, that's kind of what we thought this season was going to be for him anyway. I was the guy sitting here in August telling you I don't really see where he plays but that was when everybody was healthy and we thought there was a chance that they'd be competing for a wild card spot at two and seven without Kendrick Bourne, mm-hmm. without Devonte Parker. This is your chance to develop him. This is your chance to get him to the next level. The only way he's, he might not be good enough right now. I I'm not ruling that out as a possibility, but the only way he's going to get better 
or he can get better in practice. And most teams don't have the luxury of, you know, game reps are the real, real way to improve. But if you're a contending team, you're not going to put players out there and develop them when you're trying to win games and chase a playoff spot. It's no longer a problem for the Patriots. They have a chance to develop him in game, valuable reps, and they're not giving them to him. So that either they're not, they don't correctly know how to develop wide receivers, which is certainly a possibility given their history or something else is going on. But either way, he's got a player. You got to cut him. You can't just keep when, when they need roster spots, you can't just keep sitting this guy. It, It doesn't make sense. It's just poor roster management. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember he had those flash plays in training camp and then the, the big touchdown in preseason against Green Bay. But to your point, we just said, like, he's behind Kendrick Bourne and, and Juju's kind of in that role. And even Demario Douglas, and we're like, there's not snaps for him. Might be a Foxborough flu or just right. he's there. But Juju isn't playing well. Kendrick Bourne is on IR. Like, the snaps are there for him now. So just just see what you have and and just go from there. So it's frustrating. This this team just they can't figure out the wide receiver position. They're throwing money at the wrong guys. <clears throat> They're not playing the young guys except for for Pop, who again I thought was good. But it's just a frustrating frustrating position for them. Just to uh, go back to Taekwon real quick, I want to bring this up. I'm curious your thoughts on this because I've seen this one a lot the last couple of days. Obviously, George Pickens drafted two picks after Taekwon. I I so I I've said. Look, Pickens has been up and down. He that's uh, Thornton hasn't even been up. So I'm not saying that that Thornton's better, but he has three catches for 21 yards the last two weeks. Uh, George Pickens does. He had negative one yard last week. He's completely losing it with the organization, the free me thing. He's just you know storming off the field, things like that. This is a guy that will probably be available again to me. The second guess with the pick is not Pickens over Taekwon because the Steelers are barely getting it out of Pickens. And that's a team that knows how to develop receivers. Yeah. I don't think Pickens would be doing any better here than Taekwon is. It, the second guess to me is take Christian Watson in the first round and then get your guard later. That being said, they may have another shot at Pickens here because it certainly seems like he's doing his best to shoot his way out of Pittsburgh. Would you have any interest this off season? Uh, what's the price looking like? Like a, what are these swap? disgruntled? Yeah, these disgruntled receivers usually go. Let's call like a fourth, fifth pick swap. Maybe like the Devonte Parker trade, like a third for what was it? A third yeah, yeah, okay. We can we can call it that. A thir- uh, it was a third for Parker and a fifth. Let's say that's the price. All right. So, hey, on, you're getting it, him on his rookie contract for two more years. I think it depends. Like if Bills here, I don't trust them to just draft or bring in another young receiver and develop them. Right? Like I just don't see the point of that. I'd rather just go to the draft and get a, a guy without these character concerns on a fresh rookie deal or go, you know, like if T Higgins is like, that's not the same level, but just go pay a guy an established veteran. So, I mean, I like picking skill set, but I wouldn't trust this team to like bring in this disgruntled guy who hasn't progressed. And all of a sudden he's just blossoming and hitting his potential. I think you nailed it. This is a guy that, that clearly can't stay engaged with the lackluster offense and not go go let the Chiefs add him. Go let the Chargers add him. Go let you know one of those teams, the Eagles. They might need a receiver. As crazy as that sounds, uh, they're not going to be able to figure out George Pickens. They're not. Not they have too many other offensive questions to answer before they get to George Pickens. And just to be clear, I am not debating 
Thornton versus Pickens. I said Pickens is definitely better. I've just seen that name come up a lot recently. I just, he's probably going to be available this offseason. It seems like it. I, I'm sure people would love to know our opinion on should the Patriots be in on him or not. Adding him probably wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be a, it would be the worst move they can make, but they're, they're, they're going to mess it up with him. They just, they yeah. don't have it in place to make it work with a guy like that. Like you said, established veterans and, and Pickens, I think, especially a guy with a guy who's shown he'll be impatient with a quarterback who can't get him the ball right now. I don't think the Patriots have the quarterback that will satisfy what he's looking for. So until you check that box, not the first guy I'd be going after. Yeah. But speaking of that quarterback and off season trades, it, it came across, uh, I think it was on Twitter last night. The, the Sam Darnold trade a few years ago. How did the Jets get a six and a second and a fourth for Sam Darnold, who was in this exact point of his career as Mac Jones? He was three years in. They had to decide on the fifth-year option, and Carolina came in, and they gave him like a six-round pick this year, then a future second and fourth. And I I looked up like Mac and Darnold's comparisons, and uh, Mac's 40 games in. Darnold played 38 his first three years. Mac's won five more games, more, you know, passing yards per game. He's got more touchdowns, less interceptions, better quarterback rating. Like, do you think that could be a market for Mac? Like, or how did the Jets get Carolina to swindle a second round pick, a future second round pick in that deal? Uh, the Panthers were a poorly run football team at the time. Didn't they also give up a third for Baker Mayfield? And they were just like throwing everything they could at getting these they, yeah, washout the, quarterbacks, right? Like, they paid Teddy Bridgewater, then they traded Teddy Bridgewater, and they brought in Sam Darnold, and then they brought in Baker. But like, still a, a six, a second, and a fourth for for Darnold. And you're talking Mac, yeah. who I know Darnold has probably more of those physical tools, but Mac's you know looked better, I'd say, in a three-year sample. Again, I wouldn't say you could get a second, but maybe you could get a you know early day three or no. Or that's you, you know I love. You know, I love to be the guy that's like, well, this is the historical precedent. So this and this and this, like, that's one where I just think a bad team made a bad decision. That's I put up there with like the Brock Osweiler getting traded with a second round pick to eat his contract. That wasn't something that was ever going to be precedent. That was a really bad team making a bad decision. And everybody saw that and said, we, I'm trying to, I know there's other trades like we bring up from, um, what was the one last year I was talking? Oh, like 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 Chase Claypool getting traded to the Bears for a second for a round second pick. Round pick. That was never going to be. If that was precedent, you would have seen multiple receivers go for first round picks. This you know this deadline, right? But you didn't because I think everybody just kind of looked at that and said, "This GM no longer has a job. Bad GM made a bad trade, and we're not we're just not going to look at that." And I I think the the Sam Darnold trade would likely fall under that category. I don't think it's something the Patriots could go to. It was also so long ago at this point. And, yeah. and the quarterback, the 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 balance of power of quarterbacks in the league has shifted. I, I don't think the Patriots would be able to go to that and basically be like, well, this is what the Jets got for Darnold. So this is where we're starting. I I, I don't think you'd see that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But um back to the offense on Sunday. Any other things with Mac or the receivers. I thought, you know, Mondre for the second straight week finally started to look like Mondre again, you know, breaking tackles. <clears throat> he obviously had that long, that long touchdown run, which I thought was finally like a great RPO design by O'Brien. They have Gesicki go on that little route to pull his defender, and then it's blocked really well. David Andrews, City So, Jalen Rager, even big block downfield. So nice to see that develop. But 
Uh, any other notes you had from, from the offensive side of the ball? Uh, I, I sort of touched on it before. I thought Connor McDray obviously one bad miss, and if not for a bad roughing the pass or penalty, we probably look at that differently. But I thought his body of uh, of work as a whole at left tackle, I, I was surprised. I thought he held up well, given he basically hasn't played the position in two years. So credit to him for that. Uh, I thought the running backs ran well. I thought it was interesting that Bill Belichick referred to Mike Kosicki as essentially the fourth receiver because that's something we were talking about back in camp that they never actually did until recently. I think that's Bill covering his tracks a little bit. But it was interesting to hear him finally say that. Yeah, they ran a lot of 12 personnel. I think they were like 85% in that yeah. 12 personnel, which is technically, I guess, 11 if they're calling Gesicki that uh, that fourth, fifth receiver. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't lead to any catches for Mike Gesicki, but you know that's how th- this season uh, has gone for them. And yeah, McDermott l- looks solid, even though he was wearing the wrong pants the whole game. I don't know if you saw that going around. Yeah, I was. No. I and it, they, 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 wasn't he one of the guys that had the wrong number font earlier this year too? It was like those rookie pictures, like uh, Bryce Barringer's seven. Bryce was like, Barringer like, had the wrong font, so they like, still like, got they maybe. still got the the materials for the old uniforms lying around down there somewhere. Clearly, yeah. That was, it's fun. They, I don't know how they keep having a mistake like that, like every few weeks, but that's something. But I mean, we could say that about all the mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into some of them uh, um, defense and special teams. Absolutely. But uh, last thing, like uh, I thought Cole Strange, you know, he obviously got pushed around by Jonathan Allen a few times, but I thought he had a good game in City. So like continuing to string some uh, strong starts there at right guard so maybe your two guards for next year like starting to form here i i, I didn't think cole strange was great in this game okay why why so there were a couple <laughs> times and, and look jonathan allen's jonathan allen he's a great yeah. player but he, got, he definitely got pushed around a few times but i thought some of the mental stuff looked better and i get so maybe this is more like <laughs> Look, if Cole Strange had been like a third or fourth round pick, I'd be like, he was fine. <laughs> yeah. You draft round, you draft a guard in the first round and neutralize a guy like like Jonathan Allen. You're yeah. drafting that guy to be Quentin Nelson. You're taking a guard in the first round. And, and he's just it's still too hit and miss. I I I still just think missing this summer was brutal for him. Yeah. I, I think he he changed his body a little bit and getting used to playing like that would have been helpful and he just never got a chance to just that to make an excuse. But I yeah, I'm still not I, I, you know, let, let's say there is a new GM next year and, and all we talk about, you know, first round pick this, that, whatever, nobody's safe. New GM, you can be a first round pick. You can be a UDFA. That thing's getting reevaluated from the top down. If I'm a new GM coming in, I is cold straight. Like I'm probably leaning towards him being the starter, but that's hardly a guy I'd look at and say, all right, we don't need to worry about left guard. Like we He's have lost. our guy there. I, yeah, I wouldn't quite go that far. Yeah. So good test. Another good test for him against Indy uh, last week. A few good defensive tackles, which I believe was the first time he got benched in that stretch last year. So that'll be uh, another good test from him. But if that wraps up the offensive side of the ball, we can hear from our wonderful, wonderful friends over at FanDuel and then get on to the rest of the game. All right. So defensively, as I said up top, I, I hate blaming the defense because they get put in so many bad spots, and they only gave up 20 points, which should win you a game. But, like, they're starting to trend in the down here the last few weeks, I think, too. Like, another game that they weren't tackling well. They had tons of, of blown coverages in the back end, six receptions of over 20 yards. 
and they miss Matt Judon really bad because they can't generate any pressure. Like Sam Howell is extending plays all afternoon. So it's kind of trending in the wrong direction. It looks defensively for as tough as the spot they're in. Again, like missing Judon, missing Christian Gonzalez too. Not a lot of continuity in, in the secondary all year, but kind of kind of trending downwards, it seems, for them. Yeah, yeah, it, cer- it certainly does. The tackling especially because prior to that Bills game, they were top five in the league in most major tackling metrics. So, you know, fewest missed tackles, uh, missed tackle rate, PFF grade. Like, they they were one of the best tackling teams in football through those first four weeks. And I, that's not just losing Judon. Judon's making, yeah. uh, what, it's got to be less than 10% of all attempted tackles, probably under that. I, it, I don't know where it came from. I wonder if it's being two and five, two and six, two and seven, and kind of just being done with it. I wonder if guys are more banged up than we know. I, I, I don't know what it is, but they are suddenly a very bad tackling team and they do not have, they barely have margin for error to begin with. But if you're going to start letting teams turn four yard gains and eight yard gains and eight yard gains and 12 yard gains and 12 yard gains on third and 23 into 24 yard gains, which I want to get back to that specific play in a little bit, Brian, it's going to get, it's just going to get worse. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And, there's other issues with the defense. I think another guy they're seriously missing is Devin McCourty. And yeah, the questions, we didn't talk enough this offseason about how, I mean, not how little. They didn't. They did not bring in a true free safety. They met with Taylor Rapp. That was it. I'm not saying Taylor Rapp would have replaced Devin McCourty or any true free safety would have replaced Devin McCourty one for one. But it would have helped because you're not playing guys out of position and you're seeing the results of that. So, I think a lot of the issues the defense was able to mask early on because of guys like Matthew Judon and guys like I'll even say Christian Gonzalez, uh, <clears throat> you're starting to see those issues sort of come through. And then when you bench your top two corners or two of your top three corners, that's not going to help either. You're going to aggravate those guys. And yeah, they played, but clearly their you know clearly their headspace wasn't where it needed to be. You have. Uh, Jack Jones sulking on the bench early in the game, leaves the facility before the media comes in. J.C. Jackson didn't seem help, help, uh, happy either. I don't know what that was about. I know there was a report that it was because of poor play, but if they're now benching guys for poor play, uh, it's the you're first time to, they've done that this year. You're not going to be able to play anyone too going forward because everyone – Right, like to- I don't know why does it start now? Why does it start with these two? I, and not that – you know, they both played poorly last week, but – is there more to it than that? I would guess yes. I don't know anything. This is just me guessing. But that was weird. Yeah, it's uh, it wasn't pretty. And I thought they had two good defensive players yesterday. There's two guys I want to give credit because I actually thought not that they were just not bad. I thought they were good. And that was the two defensive tackles. Christian Barmore and Devon Godshaw both played a really high level of football yesterday. They deserve credit for that, especially Barmore, because this is now, what, four games in a row, five yeah. games in a row. He's been a beast. Uh, beyond the defensive tackles, they really didn't get much. Yeah. Yeah, no, Barmore was definitely their best, probably their best player in the game as he's been the last month, as you said. Like, uh, PFF had him with a uh, tying a career high in every game with uh, seven pressures. He had two more batted passes, so he's just like becoming a dominant kind of three down game record for them. Godshaw too. I'll, I'll throw Tavai in that mix because like he had the peanut punch, and then you know he doesn't do many of the sexy things we keep saying, but like he, he's pretty consistent player. Uh, he that wasn't that his edge the early touchdown run when they ran that stretch. I thought that was Uche. 
Okay, maybe it was Uche. Maybe I'm trying was. to remember now. There was one stretch run they ran by him, but oh, I didn't even say on the punch and not take anything away from him. You watch Devon Godshaw holds him up. Yeah. So let Tavai come in. Like Godshaw on that play. Godshaw made that play. Good play. So man. those two guys are good. And that's classic me, right? I'm ripping on the defense. I still end up on a positive, but uh, it's they're having problems at so many levels right now on the defense, and they seem to be growing. They were good to start the year. Injuries are certainly part of it, but benching two corners has nothing to do with injury, right? De- they knew Devin McCourty didn't get hurt. Devin McCourty retired. They knew that was the guy they were going to have to replace, and they didn't replace him. Yeah. So, you know, hitting some of those things you talked about, like McCourty, they, they still miss him. Tons of co- coverage busts, six plays over 20 yards. Uh, Evan was banging the drum on Twitter that they keep trying Marte Mapu in that free safety role, even though he played – pretty much all of his snaps in college, like in that second level as that box safety as that hybrid linebacker. And that's what we all hoped that he would be here, but he's obviously not going to do that because they're playing him at free safety and it's really not working. He was part of that long Tyree kill touchdown uh, last week without us out of position on another long, almost touchdown that Jabril Peppers was luckily able to recover and, and kind of break up. So like that's not working. And, you know, you go back to their drafts and free agency, and it's like they're not preparing to replace these guys, which was always the thing with them, like move on from a guy too early, or you draft like Nate Solder, and you have him there ready to take over your tackle spot, and they're not doing that. Like back to that Christian Watson, like maybe you could have even said Dax Hill should have been the pick there. Now he's your free safety here, ready to take the reins, and they don't have right. that guy. And like I don't know if they thought – Drafting Marte Mapu, like he's just going to be a free safety, but that would make that pick even more questionable. Like, why not just draft a actual free safety? There was uh, the Illinois guy uh, Martin who, Jartavius Martin, yeah, who had the interception on, on Washington, right? And that's the guy who played under one of Bill's friends at, at Brett Belima at Illinois. So I don't just like go draft a free safety in that instance, but that that's frustrating. Uh, the corners, as you talked about weird how they start on the bench you know they were part of coverage bus last week but like you're two and seven you can't be benching guys for bad performance so then the tackling the third and 24 23 was just like the highlight of that like adrian phillips and jalen mills just bounce off of sam howell and they're lucky it didn't come back to bite them because how through one of the wildest interceptions I've ever so, seen. So okay, that was horrible. But um, I need to talk about that whole sequence. I'm sorry, Brian, but like that. No, I was, might, I was teeing you up for that. Go for it. That might have been the worst sequence. Both teams, both teams. That might have been the worst sequence of football I've ever seen. Third and twenty-three. Third and twenty-three. Quarter of the field. They had him dead to rights twice, twice, and they blew the tackles. No reason for that. None. It's Sam Howell. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's not Mike Vick. No reason for that. So they give the commanders a gift there late in the half. What do the commanders do with it? They look like they're going to score. They look like they're going to take advantage. He hits Damian Brown down there at the five-yard line, inbounds. And that was a, I think that was Miles Bryant. That was a good tackle. I'll give him credit for that. Good tackle to keep him in bounds. 42 seconds left. All three timeouts. First and goal from the five. Not only do they not call the timeout, the commanders, they didn't hurry up. They take their sweet-ass time to get in the line of scrimmage. That was 23 seconds. You could have called that timeout, 42 seconds, two timeouts, first and goal from the five, 
everything's an option. Everything's an option. All right, now you've let it run down to 23 seconds, but I guess you still have all three timeouts. Okay, you can probably run four plays in 23 seconds if they're quick. There's miscommunication. Sam Howell just boots straight right. Nobody's open. Throw the ball away, Sam. You still have three plays. I know you don't have a full 40 seconds because you didn't call a timeout. You have 23 Mm -hmm. seconds, but you can still make something happen. Instead, he throws it right to Kyle Tugger. I mean, what the hell was that? It was just an affront to everything. And and the one defense I've heard for why they let the clock run down was, well, they didn't want to give the Patriots the ball back with too much time after they scored. Why? Wait, you're scared. (laughs) Right. What's Mac Jones going to do with 38 seconds? It was just a disastrous stretch of football. And that was, look, I, I, I don't remember. I said this on this show. I said it on, on a show going into the game. I always felt like that was going to be a good game because it's between two relatively evenly matched teams. And that's more or less what you saw. But that was a reminder that these teams are kind of in the same place, that there's a reason these two teams, maybe Washington's a little bit of a dark horse right now for wild card spot, but these are two teams that are not going to the playoffs, and that sequence was why. Those are two teams that do not know how to win games, are not ready to win games, because third and 23, I got to look it up now. I got to look up the last time a third and 23 was giving up, <laughs> giving up on a run play. Um, oh, man. Check that. And, and then, again, you don't call timeout. You don't throw that ball away. Ugh. Just, yeah. ugh. I hate those just like from a football perspective, those like those speed out plays where the the quarterback like runs out to one side, like right off the snap and just you cut half the field apart. I just don't really like those plays. But I mean, if you're going to do it, at least they did it on like first down when you could just throw it away and still have two or three downs. But Sam Howe does whatever Sam Howe did there. That, that was just bad football there. But um, yeah. Bad football, bad teams. Might be needing some new jobs. All right, Brian, I, I found this. Uh, the list, uh, there have been 126 third and 23s or longer that were converted to first downs since 1994. <laughs> I don't know how many were via penalty. And I'm, I'm trying to find the rushing ones. All right, stall for a second. I actually want to find this. Stall for a second. All right. Well, well, the last thing I want to talk about <clears throat> was special teams because we all know the New England Patriots love their special teams. We know Alex and I love our special teams. But this is a team that has three special teams-only coaches. They pour a ton of resources into special teams, and they had three like really bad penalties at the end of the game there. And you can argue – like we they never showed a good replay of Mac Wilson, like right down the sideline. If he was actually off sides, I know Bill said this morning, it didn't look like it. They were very angry at that. I know he flinched, but it never really looked like he was in the neutral zone. And then, uh, Brendan Schooler got called for a hold kind of a bad flop, bad call, but they're putting themselves in these situations that the refs can throw the flags and it's hurting them. That last drive, they have to start their, First, they give the ball back to the commanders to milk more time off the clock, and then they finally get the ball back, and there's a holding penalty, which was Schooler's second of the game. So they're starting their game-winning drive at, like, the nine-yard line, and, like, special teams is supposed to be a strength of this team, and it just hasn't for the last few years, and it's actually hurting them in some ways. So it's, like, the little things that they used to do so well, especially in that part of the game, they're just not doing them well, and the penalties were killers in that section 
in a key moment of the game too. Like, and that just, that just can't happen going forward. All right, real quick before I touch on, uh, on the penalties. So there were, there have been 15 third and 23 or longers that were converted since 1994. Uh, of those, a handful were quarterback scrambles. They weren't designed runs. Uh, Tim Tebow, Donovan McNabb have some of those Tyrod Taylor. There were also one, two, three, four. So of those 15, four, five, six, seven, eight were converted due to penalty. So eight of 15. So that leaves you with seven, seven such plays. The most recent one, 2020, Jarek McKinnon for the 49ers against the Jets. Before that, you got to go back to 2010 and Tim Tebow. Before that, Donovan McNabb in 2009. So there's Before been two. That, there's been two in the last like 12 right. years. Before that, some guy I've never even heard of in 1999, Leroy Horde, and then Marshall Falk had a couple. Anyway, yeah, uh, special teams is bad. The special teams was not good. Uh, costly mistakes to Mario Douglas needs to start getting upfield on punt returns. Not That's true. one. Uh, 36-yard 36 36 yard kick return to start the game, too. 36-yard kick return to start the game. I mean, it's, the penalties are just in those spots. And the Mac Wilson, I – I don't. I, I haven't seen definitive angle one where the other. It shouldn't be close enough that they have a chance to make that call. Exactly. It just shouldn't be close enough. That's, that's my point. The yeah. reality of it. And then the Brennan Schooler penalty was bad too in that situation. You're just setting the offense up with longer fields. It's a team that puts a lot into special teams. They got punished in the off season for having too many special teams meetings. They need to be better mm-hmm. on special teams. Yep. I will say Chad Ryan has made his last six kicks. I don't hear many of the Nick Folk truthers out there yet. I won't take my victory lap yet, but that. It's coming. I know it's unpopular. I, I and and I'm sure I'll get accused of defending Bill for this, even though I'm talking about you know who the next guy should be already. But it was the right move to, to move on from Nick Folk. He he was a yeah. 37 year old who had a bad second half of the season last year. The timing was right. Now, if you want to say they didn't need to use a fourth round pick to get his replacement, that is a separate argument, and that is certainly an argument that can be had. I know you love Chad Ryland, Brian. I know you're a big fan, but. Could they have gotten a kicker with less premium pick and maybe use that pick on a guy like Dewan Jones? There's an ar- there is an argument to be made there, but I do think the timing was right to move on from Nick Folk. Yeah. The fact he's still automatic in Tennessee, it, it's a, it's a risk. That's what happens. I I still think they made the right decision. It's it's an upset. It's 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 the the lesser ob- it's the the lesser probability that he's this good in Tennessee. It's just credit to Nick Folk for figuring out whatever was plaguing him last year. Yep, absolutely, but. Uh, any any last thoughts on the game? Anything going forward? I know it's it's five o'clock here. We have some player availabilities, but any any last thoughts, quick from you from what you saw on Sunday? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. You know, we'll see what happens in Germany next week, and then next week. I, I know Mike Reese reported today that he or he didn't report, but like he said, he'd be surprised if the Patriots made an in-season coaching move. Um, the more I think about it, I would be as well for this. Yeah. Not that I would be. I, all right. I guess I'm still trying to work on how I want to like format this take, but I'll give it to you in progress. If you're somebody who believes the Bill Belichick trade talk, I'm not entirely sure I believe it from the Patriots side. I believe there are other teams that want to trade for him. I don't know if, the, if, if, if Kraft would really do it. If he is considering it, he can't fire Bill. Because once you fire him, you can't trade him. He has to be under contract. So does... Belichick's trade value essentially save his job for the rest of the year. It's a maybe we're getting into semantics on that, but um, next week would next week's going to be as much as we've kind of danced around it and joked about it. Like 
the bye week is when teams usually make this move. And then in two weeks after that, they'll have a long uh, gap between Thursday night football against the Steelers and Monday night football against the Chiefs. That'd be the other window. Coincidentally, Army Navy takes place in that window. So, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next week in Germany. Yep. Could be a big one in Germany. Pats go out there Thursday to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Alex and I will preview that one right here on Thursday. Talk some college football, of course, as always. Look ahead to the draft as the Patriots still have the fifth pick at 2-7. and seven. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his coverage from yesterday's game at 985 And you can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and go read all my coverage from yesterday's loss at patspulpit.com. Thank you all as always for tuning in and we will see you guys later this week. Bye.